Right, uh, let's move on now to uh, our third question. Now, of course, the Burnley Youth Theatre uh, wouldn't have survived without its many, many volunteers who have contributed to the development of BYT, whether that is just someone you know, volunteering on the front desk or sewing costumes or lights or sound uh, or, or mowing the lawn or, or sticking patches on the old building. So uh, the question, the third question is, what volunteers contributed to BYT's development when you were involved? And let's start off, let's start off with, uh, with you, Anthony. This was another hard question because I started making a list and the list went on and on and on. But I think the important thing to say, and you've already said it, um, Philip, is that, um, you know, volunteers have always been important to the youth theatre. And they were very important in the early days, because let's not forget, until uh, Jackie, until you were appointed as the first paid artistic director, uh, up until that point... And that we was had in a few, 1997, yeah. We had a few sessional fees where people like Nick and myself, we'd get paid a tenner or 15 quid if the youth theatre could afford it to do, you know, a rehearsal or whatever. Uh, but long before that point, everybody was volunteers. Uh, so the first decade or so, it was all about volunteers. Volunteers directed, volunteers did everything. Volunteers did the scenery, uh, volunteers did the costumes, volunteers did raising the money. Um, and that's continued with the youth theatre. We relied less on volunteers now, but they're still a very important part. And some volunteers have stuck for a very long time. Um, you know, I have to mention my own family, and I'm sure some of you Please are going to say, you know, um, that, you know, my mother obviously gave 40 years in different roles. Um, you know, first of all, it was just costume making because she was involved because I was involved. And then it got, you know, more, oh, well, I want to be more involved with the organisation administratively. And then it became a finance role and looking after the money. Uh, but those people are vital. And there are, I'm going to pull two others out. Because volunteers come and go, and some have given a very, very long number of years. But Andrew Walker, who was involved for a very, very long time uh, in his role as chair, but also pivotal in getting the site that we're on now, getting all the stuff in place behind getting that building sorted. Um, Andrew Walker was absolutely pivotal to that. Um, and but Anthony, Alan, can I just stop you? So regarding the site, we moved on to this site, didn't we, in 1978, didn't we? Yes. So are we saying, was he pivotal, uh, pivotal then, or are we talking later? And are you talking about the site? Uh, in... From about then onwards, because right. what we also had going on the site when we moved on, we had what they called the Youth Opportunities Training Scheme, where young people were trained in skills like building and electricity work and horticulture and carpentry. And actually they did some of the early work on converting the old shed buildings, uh, giving us some toilets and giving us a bit of something a bit more workable that we could perform in. Now, all of that was Andrew Walker's doing. Um, so he's absolutely pivotal. And, uh, and Anthony, just, just as a, uh, Anthony, sorry, as a plug, we are doing a buildings and beginnings talk um, in a couple of months time. So if people are interested in this, we're going to be doing a specific Zoom with people like the architects of the buildings. So please come to the next one. Sorry, I thought that, that was a good moment to plug that. Uh, and the second uh, person I want to mention is Alan Deitches. Now, Alan Deitches was um, behind the opening of, the reopening of the Burnham Mechanics Theatre after it had been uh, a closed building for a long time. And he was Burnley's new arts and entertainments officer at that time. And that time. was in 1986. 86. And then the um, we'd opened it in 87 officially. <laughs> and in that role, uh, as Burnley's Arts and Entertainment Officer, he reached out to the youth theatre and saw the value of having that strong relationship with the youth theatre and the Mechanics Theatre. The two went hand in hand uh, and he did a lot behind the scenes to find the money to make things happen, um, to get lots of projects and things going. But then when he retired, he volunteered his time to help drive forward the capital programme for the new building. Um, 
and you know so i think those two people i would definitely pull out and when you say the new building we're talking about the Burnley youth theater which i'm currently sat in they go bricks and mortar rather than the old wooden hut or the quarry theater yes okay look thank you anthony let's move on to uh rachel so can you perhaps uh you know which volunteers have contributed when you were here initially and now since you've come back yeah so um i would have to say um formerly the, the costume ladies um and i noticed that cast on uh, on the zoom this evening um but yeah i think having the so that, that's cat stevenson isn't it so that's yes yeah. yeah, cat stevenson and <laughs> and linda as well and linda i know that there were there were kind of more people involved with that but um they were just amazing and such an asset to every production <clears throat> that we had because I think costume is such a specialised area and is something that <laughs> I can put my hand to a few things to get a show ready for, for an audience, but making costume, I think, is where um, I, I might have to draw the line on that. Um, so, yeah, just kind of making, always making the cast feel really um, sort of, uh, comfortable because you know having your measurements and getting all bits and pieces sorted for costume um but with a good level of that is your costume as well <laughs> it was um yeah they were absolutely instrumental in getting the shows looking fantastic and just being able to um use what we had and yeah you'd I'd kind of have an idea and I'd be like I don't know and they'd be like oh we've got this and I'm like oh I don't think that would work you like leave it with me for a week and I'd come back and they'd would have had some fantastic creation on something that we already had in the costume cupboard. So, yeah, they are definitely my um, volunteer heroes from Birmingham. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to uh, Nick, please. Yeah, everybody's used mine now, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony had about seven. That wasn't fair. <laughs> I, Alan Datchus was one of mine um, for the simple reason that me and Anthony used to work at the uh, at the mechanics and the amount of time we were doing youth theatre stuff was just unbelievable. And it was like, <laughs> I'm sure he hated it um, because we were we were always working. Burnley Youth Theatre was always there at the, uh, at the, the forefront of what we were doing. Um, uh, Alan uh, Dixon, has, Alan Dixon hasn't been mentioned yet, has he? No, no, he was our finance officer, wasn't he? He, he was. And down when, uh, what was it, Harold Robbins, Robinson? He stepped down in 84, and then Alan, who was just there with his daughter, uh, we were in this position where our treasurer, as it was then, resigned, and everyone was a little bit, oh, my goodness me, does anybody know anything about money? And dear uh, Alan Dixon put his hand up and he said, I do. And in fact, later on, he worked with Moira and showed her the ropes. So, yes, dear Alan Dixon, carry on. He always used to talk about, um, they were called cherry bonds. That was <laughs> what he used to call them, cherry bonds. And none of us knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and we all used to sit there voting on stuff that we haven't got a clue about. But And he was always, he always allowed us to do what we wanted to do. But he was tight. He was tight-fisted with the youth theatre smoke. <laughs> Economical, uh, Nick. But, <laughs> but right, rightly so, because look what happened, you know. We, we got a building out of it. But, yeah, I remember those meetings. And he seemed... He, he just didn't seem like he fit. He, like he'd been transported from a different era. But he was he was building youth theatre through and through, and I've I've got to pay you know homage to um, Eddie Preston and to to Moira Preston as well. Um, Moira became like my second mother, um, and um, yeah, and and Kath Kath's here costume wise, who became a, a close personal friend, still is a close personal friend. When I went to the college, she came with me and did costumes. Um, so yeah, I've made lots of friendships, lots of connections that um, I still hold very, very dear through um, through the volunteers, because they would come with their kids and stay. They never went away, and that was the lovely thing about it that they'd um, use their kids as sort of like <laughs> a way into the youth theatre, which was nice. That they felt that they could stay, and there was also a place for them as well. And I know that a lot of people took a lot of comfort. 
and um, sort of what might be happening within their personal lives, that the youth theatre was this place that they could go to in the same way that young people could in order to just get away and contribute and just have a good time and a laugh with people that genuinely did care. Thank you. And just to clarify that the, the, the cherry bonds are actually charity bonds that uh, Alan invested in. And when you say that he didn't fit in, he was a very small, refined gentleman who had a lovely little hat and smoked a pipe and, and, and wore glasses. So, so quite a result. Like you, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> so that was Alan. And do you mind just sort of telling us a little bit what uh, Eddie Preston did uh, around the site, Nick? You need to come off mute. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, Eddie was always on the roof. <laughs> it was all the, the roof always leaked, so he was always on the roof, always fixing the roof. And there was a he had a really. <laughs> it was as though he'd been forced into doing it most of the time, and probably had done that. He was doing it under such duress, and. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he was really into theatre at all or the arts. I don't think that was anything to do with his bag. But anything practical, he was your man, really, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. OK, now, so let's go on to uh, Lisa, please. So, so what volunteers contributed to Burnley Theatre's development when you were involved? I mean, mine has to be Moira. It, I, I just had the best time. And now, uh, I really, at the time, I'll be honest, the long chats when she would arrive at the uh, porter cabin and beckon me out to talk a lot about charity funds, actually. <laughs> um, I, I, it, I was like, oh, God, I've got so much work to do. But actually, now... Um, when I think about my days at work and never having a break to have a chat, I, I really miss those chats with Moira. And there's such value in that, actually. I feel, I feel like if only there was a Moira where I worked now. Um, and she was, she was a, a real maternal figure and not just to us, not just to the staff, but to, to the young people and my, one of my loveliest memories of Myra, and I've got so many, um, but when I would bring in the young people that I've been working with in communities, and that was often quite tricky to do, to bring them to Burnley Youth Theatre, where it was perhaps that just that little bit more intimidating than working in your own community centre, Moira would always put her hand up and volunteer for those sessions because she loved those groups and she was absolutely brilliant with them. And we would spend more time just sat chatting with Moira than actually doing any drama. But it, she was just, I mean, yeah, she was just an absolute gem, wasn't she? Thank you, Lisa. And Jackie, can you please mention a volunteer or volunteers who contributed to BYT's development when you were involved? Well, Anthony got there before me, it has to be said. So I was going to talk about Moira, Alan and Andrew um, because they were so, all of them were so crucial to raising the funds and, and getting that building up. Um, so, uh, yeah, we couldn't have done it without them. And to do that on a totally voluntary basis was phenomenal. I mean, Alan was there in the office every day. Moira pretty much every day. <laughs> Um, I'll share a little story about um, travelling to London with Moira. Um, some of you will probably remember that we didn't get lottery funding the first time of asking or the second time of asking. Uh, and second time of asking, we got caught in changing the lottery system. Um, and uh, Peter Pike MP was on our board at the time. And he arranged for us to meet members of the Arts Council at the House of Commons to find out why they hadn't funded us. <laughs> so we went, Moira and I went down to London with um, the then chair, whose name was Roger somebody, can't remember his name. He was chief exec at the council. Um, anyway, um, and Moira was very quiet through the meeting, um, but, but was shifting around in her seat quite a lot. 
and then she let rip. And I've never heard such a passionate kind of speech really about why Burnley Youth Theatre was important to the young people in East Lancashire and why it was absolutely criminal that they weren't going to support this project. Uh, and she really said her piece and I think she really made an impression as well. Uh, and it was just so, so moving actually, but I was so proud of her. And I just think it showed the passion that she had. Um, and I'm gonna mention one other volunteer before I finish, and that's Jean Gorton. Uh, and I, uh, I love Jean because her socks always matched her eyeshadow. <laughs> That, you know, that, that's lovely to reflect on there about Jean. Um, sadly, she passed away a, a few years ago. And it was only about the time that the new building's lights, they were um, well, a little bit faulty and they need to be rejigged. And actually, God bless her, Jean in a will, left money so that now every time you go into the Alan Dacher studio, well, every time I turn the lights on, I always think about Jean shining down from above because it was her money that, in, that she left us uh, to put, turn the lights on, literally. Uh, other names that I'd like to just throw out there from various times was Gwyneth Smalley, Eric Hebden, Joyce Ramsden, this list is an exhaustive, June Burney, Peter Edwards, Ruth Pillin, who was one of our presidents, uh, Betty Davis, uh, then there's Jean uh, and Pauline Ray as well. Some wonderful, wonderful people. There are many more, but I just sort of think they ones that I, I'd like to just sort of name check when I have a bit of a thought there. Okie dokes. Uh, we're now moving on to our, our next section, uh, which is we're going, we're going to show each of our panellists pictures from some past shows that they were involved with. Now, uh, go on, uh, Matt, I'll hand over to you because you're the technological wizard. So surprise me, <laughs> you set of pictures and who are they for? <laughs> yep, um, superb. I'll just share my screen. And um, just, to, just to say really quickly, I know so many people here are going to have memories that they want to share exactly like that. We're going to be doing individual podcasts with Anthony and Pip and Nick and Lisa and Jackie by the end of the year. So if you want to hear more of those specific stories, they will be there definitely by October time, hopefully a lot sooner. But also you are the people with the memories and we, me, Matt and sorry, my uh, Fiona is ill today want to get your memories recorded so you can put them on the memories page you can send me an email which i'll leave at the end here um i'm going to open the chat box now for questions as well which will happen in, in the later section of the thing so if you've got any questions i'm talking to you cast i would expect you all to at least put one question um and anybody else who's got any questions please put them in because the cast are here as well um, our 73 story show, which is going to be on on the 1st of April, is going to be taking inspiration from, from literally these interviews here and other things too. Oh, actually, so, Matt, just before you get on to that, I just want to point out yes. that we, we do seem to be sort of very, well, I know Anthony goes back to the 70s, but we are sort of quite 80s, 90s, 2000 centric, just to point yes. out that some of the podcasts and some of the people that we've been interviewing come from, well, right from the beginning, don't they? So uh, it's, yeah. you know, We've celebrating all of the 50 years at Burnley Youth Theatre. So anyway, I'll go over to you, sir. Absolutely. And if you're not part of the mailing list yet, please scan here on your phone. Um, I'll also have it up at the end so you can become part of the mailing list and then we can email you specifically all these things and all of the amazing events that we're having over our 50th year. OK, plug over. Move on to uh, move on to this. Um, great. Lisa, these pictures are for you. Thanks. <laughs> um, <Yes>. Oh God. <laughs> um, so that picture there is a picture of Polarised, which I was talking about before. That's which, the one on the left-hand side as we're the, looking at. The picture on the left-hand side, yeah. Um, and that's the, pro that's the project that I was talking about before. Um, that toured into schools and was about um, the polarization of, of our communities in, in Burnley at the time. Um, and that's just a picture, a random picture of me and Sally in the office. Yeah, Hannah chose that. She said it was our people, so she said there needed more people. So, yeah. so do you want to make, well, uh, for a well, start, um, Lisa, that can was I just my you... favorite. That was my favorite coat, so there you go. <laughs> 
Can I just um, take you back to Polarize, Lisa? So got, yeah. what was the story? Can you remember the story? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, I mean, it was basically just about um, a series of photographs, of Polaroid photographs. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was basically about what would happen if um, the tables were turned and, and, and you know, different communities were, were asked to leave Burnley. And it, it was literally about that, about the polarisation. And you say it was a film project. Where was it filmed? It was filmed on location all over, all over Burnley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots right of here. different locations. Lots of it up in Burnley Wood, but in the town centre, just mainly in the, in the town centre, really. And it wasn't just Burnley Youth Theatre participants involved, was it? You had some adults, didn't you? We did in the film. Yeah. Yes. We did have some adults in the film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as always, yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I probably roped in some youth workers and uh, some parents. I think Rhiannon's poor mum was in it. One I mean, you can see Rhiannon there, the, the girl in the brown, that's Rhiannon. I think we, I think we filmed a scene in Rhiannon's mum's living room. So That's Rhiannon Garth Jones, who there. also volunteered here a uh, time or two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're it's testing my memory now. That's amazing. Thank you. Mm. All we, right, had well, big, we had Big Paul in it, Lisa, do you remember? We had who? Big Paul. Oh, Big Paul! We did have Big Paul in it, you're right. <laughs> You Who's probably remember Paul? more than me, Nick. <laughs> Gosh. Actually, can I just take you back? Because uh, you didn't mention Sally. Can we just go back? Uh, oh, lovely yeah. Sally. Who's so back got, in Tell Burnley. us all about who Sally is, please. So, so Sally is the uh, lady on the top right-hand side of the screen. Is this to be biting her nails? <laughs> Sally was um, the marketing person. She was in charge of all the marketing in uh, at Burnley Youth Theatre at the time, and that's us in the old porter cabin, which was our office. Um, and Sally is now back in Burnley, working um, in a heritage role at, at Townley. So there you go, full circle. And didn't she design, well, it was called the Dancing Men logo, didn't she? The, the, the orange oh, chaps. Oh, she did, the, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she did, you're right. And was she responsible for the, the firework logo as well, which helped launch the new building? No. No, I don't think so. Jackie would know that, but no, I don't oh. think so. And then the bottom picture. The bottom picture is, um, I think that's when, I think that must be when we were perhaps making something for the opening of the new building for the show. Um, that's Dave Stevenson, who- um, Slightly top there. Yeah, who started work with us in the community sessions and then volunteered as a stage manager on one of the Christmas shows and now has a, as a professional career works in TV and on gigs as a, a lighting person. And I, I'm really sorry, but I can't remember the name of the person in the middle. That's Martin Lorinovich. Oh, yes. And he yeah. was our technical, he was appointed our technician when we he moved was, to yeah. the building in 2005 in June. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Thanks for choosing that picture of me. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. That's all that, Matt. <laughs> Right, we'll move on, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. I'm sorry, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick. So this is over to Mr. Nick Maynard, sir. So the um, the picture on the left hand side um, that's from Bedbug, and I think that's at the Youth Theatre. But the show went on to the Royal Exchange um, as part of the. It was another one of those challenging uh, things. BT Connections. Thank you. Challenge. <laughs> and uh, that was one of my... Me and Anthony used to work together quite a lot, and all three pictures are, are joint projects between us. Uh, the black and white one is Modern Meanings, and the one below that, I believe, is um, from the NSDF um, Best of British. I think that's where, where that cast photos from. I think what's lovely about that black and white photograph of us is that's how I remember how we looked a lot of the time. 
That's how I think we always look now. You, <laughs> you, you would have that stern grimace, and I'd be trying to persuade you not to have it. <laughs> I, I don't. Really, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about, one of my memories, um, is working with Anthony, and I so miss that. We had just the best time for, I think, five years creating the show State of Decay, Best of British, working on things like Bedbug um, and all the other shows that we did. Um, it was just one of my favourite, one of my best times. So, some of which we shouldn't mention, like the Play Schemes tours, when you and I, did you, did you not have to wear a black and white leotard in one of them, Nick? That still has, I was, the leotard <laughs> didn't fit properly, neither did the tights. So I was, I was gaffer taped into this thing. And I wore that under my clothes and we used to go touring and it was in, Anthony had a Jeep and everything went in the Jeep. And if we'd have stopped suddenly, I'd have lost my head. And, <laughs> and they wouldn't have been able to put me back together again because I looked like I was back to front. It's just, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe not those times. But the writing and because I came from um, a theatre background that was different to Anthony's, I trained as, uh, as a professional actor. So I was audience centred. Anthony had come from community arts. So he was about process and he was about participants. Together, we, I, I learned so much and it informs everything that I do. I write every day and I've still got Anthony's voice in the back of my head going, Yes, but, <laughs> and I can't get away from that. I think every writer should go through community arts because you learn so much. It's not just about the final product because that was my orientation. I was just about final product. Anthony was always about process. And I think it was that balance and that play that we had together that created just some wonderful moments in theater and things that I know those participants still remember. And so do the people that, that, that came to watch them. It was a, a really magical time. And the youth theatre changes and evolves depending on what it needs next. And myself and Anthony, just by fluke, I think, um, left the youth theatre at the same time when, um, when Jackie came in, because that's what the youth theatre needed. It's, it, it was weird how that sort of happened. Um, I don't think I'd be the right person to have, to have gone on and created what the youth theatre has now become. Um, I think my job was was creating um, small ensemble pieces that went out and just smashed it. <laughs> Thank you very I, much. I have two little memories of the bedbug very quickly. The only real prop we had in that show was a mortuary trolley, <laughs> which, which was wheeled around and converted itself into various things. My other little memory was, I thought it was, again, one of the best pieces that we did, but we... We literally shot ourselves in the foot in the competition because the very end of the bedbug play was written with a shooting. And Nick and I took the decision to change the ending. And the actual playwright and the National Theatre, the, uh, the BT Connection judges who were at the performance at the Royal Exchange took us to one side at the end of the show and said it was completely out of order that we'd changed the end of the play. And I think that was the reason it didn't progress any further in the competition. But, I mean, you know, we were always a bit like that, doing our yeah. own thing. Still are. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, so the bed bug was in May 1995. And in fact, I think the, the last time the youth theatre was at the Royal Exchange was when it was involved with hair in 1981, which was part of an amateur festival, I believe. So uh, you're not strangers to the Royal Exchange. Okay, next set of pictures, please, Matt. Ah, so this is for Jackie. Mm. Wow, so a uh, picture on the left was my very first production for Bailey Youth Theatre, uh, which was Christmas Carol. And I believe Mrs. Cratchit and one of her daughters is actually with us this, this evening. So there we go. Um, 
Yeah, so I joined BYT around August and uh, Anthony gave me some options as to what I might do first. I think they were, uh, him and Nick were quite keen to pass on the, fest, the Christmas show at that point. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, it was a slightly uh, scary thought for me to step in and do the, the main production of the year, but I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll do it. Um, and uh, I was given this assistant director as well, who uh, goes by the name of Mr. Hindle. So it was like a double baptism of fire, really. <laughs> Splendid. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed it. And really, it really showed to me the kind of talent that, that grew through Bernie Youth Theatre. Um, and it was quite a different experience for me directing young people who actually had a lot of experience under their belt, as it were. Um, so that's that's the one on the left. Uh, so the that, one that was in December 1997, wasn't it, that? It was, indeed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to skip to the one on the right next, uh, which actually is uh, something we've already talked about, is the water babies. Um, so I won't dwell too much on that. Um, apart from that, uh, Philip was talking earlier about um, spending endless hours adapting the, the actual story into something that could be performed. And it was slightly more difficult for me. Um, some of you will remember Elvis, uh, my dog, and he'd actually eaten the scripts when they came through the letterbox. And I gave Philip the better version and I had pages missing. So um, yeah, that was quite an interesting experience. Um, <laughs> But I think what was interesting about that as well, it was, as Philip said, it was at the mechanics, but we actually did it on the flat. We didn't, we didn't use the stage and we hardly had any set at all because uh, Philip used the actors to create the spaces and the environment. And so it was quite different for us as a, as a Christmas production at the time. And I don't even remember the picture in the middle being taken um I always managed to seem to line myself up with very tall people uh but that's Andrew Raffle so uh Andrew um took on the role of artistic director uh when I moved on in 2005 um so he looks slightly nervous and I look quite pleased I think <laughs> but I'm not sure <laughs> and then so obviously when the artistic directors it went yourself Jackie then Andrew then Mandy Precious and then over to Karen Barnes, as she then was, uh, of course, Karen Metcalf now. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Next picture, please, sir. Uh, this must be for Rachel. Thank you, yeah. Um, so the picture on the left is um, from Alice in Wonderland. Um, so that was, I think that was my last Christmas show that I did at Burnley Youth Theatre. Um, and interestingly, Caitlin, who is um, the Queen of Hearts, um, was in a piece of touring theatre that we had just Christmas gone at Hansel and Gretel that went out um, to as a local school tour. So um, it's great that we've still got connections with some of our past participants creatively. Um, and then the top one in those fetching red beneath the hoodies, that was a team of us who did um, a, a sponsored 10K. Um, to raise money for Bernie Youth Theatre. Um, I don't think any of us had ran before and don't really think any of us have run since it. Um, but it was a good, you know, team building experience. Um, and then at the bottom is, uh, is the Secret Collector, which is um, the, a piece of theatre that I directed and we devised for, um, it was now first by, it was formerly known as Rep Company. Um, going up to Edinburgh Fringe and I'm looking at the, the smiles on our faces that might have been when we got a very lovely review from somebody whilst we were up there um, yeah, so the secret collector that was in 2014 as was Alice in Wonderland did uh, Mandy Precious write that? Alice in Wonderland no Alice no 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 I'm talking about the secret collector sorry Rach no so um, the secret collector was actually so it was devised with the cast and then um, I had uh, Kaylee McGowan, who is a, a past participant. She was volunteering on um, on rap company that year, and she did a lot of the the writing and, and kind of script creating for that. And then came up to Edinburgh with us. Love it. And can you name check? Because obviously some people in that top picture are still members of our staff. Top, can you okay. name check them? 
so uh, there's there's me <laughs> with a few less wrinkles and quite bright coloured hair on the top left. And then in the middle is Mary O'Neill, um, who did loads of outreach work with us, and she was fantastic. And she actually is on the bottom picture as well because um, we did the Secret Collective together. And then there's Karen. Uh, and then underneath, um, on the kind of the front row, on the left is um, is oh gosh, I've got to, Dan. Dan. Dan was another one of our um, workshop leaders, and me and Dan, I, I think we directed Alice in Wonderland together. Um, yes, I've got it on the yeah yourself uh, and Dan and Kat Osborne did the movement. Yeah, um, and yeah, Dan did loads of workshops, and we worked really closely together last year was at BYT. Um, and then in the middle is Mo, who was another fantastic volunteer who did loads of our outreach projects and was just an absolute joy to work with. Um, and then we've got Aidan, still here, our Aidan Kelly, looking after everything, all buildings and operations and making sure everything's paid. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you. Is any more for any more, Matt? Um, no, I, I'm, it's, it's my turn now, Pip. So I'm going to quickly <laughs> uh, bang through to you. So it's our 50th year. Um, as, as we've all been saying about and some incredible memories. And we've got an amazing programme um, that's being funded partly by the Heritage Lottery and partly by the UFIRA itself. And we'd love you to get involved with it. So I want to show you a few events that we've got um, and some things going on. And we've got loads of stuff. So we're going to be opening a heritage trail. I've talked already about the podcast. We're, we're going to have some zines. We're going to have exhibitions. We're going to be burying a time capsule. Hopefully not with Pip in it. Um, we're also hoping that if you um, if you are an alumni and you do fancy getting involved with something more creative, we're hoping to set up a creative alumni group that might hopefully put on a little mini show um, that might raise some funds for the uh, youth theatre. We've also got some heritage walks because our 50th year is all about um, people's um, physical and mental health. Um, and so we're hoping that doing some walks from the youth theatre, we can learn about uh, the local heritage as this project is sponsored by the Heritage Lottery. We're going to build an exhibition space in the foyer, which is going to be a place to showcase the archive in which we have boxes up to Z of that we're never going to be able to show all of, but we really want to try and show some of. We're also going to have some community pop-up events and hopefully some shows too. Um, but here's some of the events that we've got ready and raring to go. So on a Wednesday night, if you're a young person, we have our young um, archivist group, which is run by me and Fiona, um, who's our heritage creator. And uh, it's all about if you're a young person uh, in secondary school or all the way out to college, um, or you know of some in Burnley, please send them to us. We've got a few here today. Give us a wave, Tess and Connor and Alistair. Go on. They're in the group already. So they're going to be writing podcasts about things they found in the archive. They're going to, uh, sorry, they're recording podcasts. They're going to be writing blog posts. Ed's mate's here too, um, about things that they think is interesting and hopefully going to be shaping some of the additional things that are going on in the programme. Um, we've got, again, if you're a young person, we've got a musical theatre week. That's from the 13th to the 16th. We're doing Bugsy Malone. I think we performed it in 87, Pip, yes? Yeah? So That's right, in November 1987 at the Burnham Mechanics. As part of our heritage. So, we, so Caitlin, who you saw in the pictures, is running that. So we've got loads of alumni coming back to do things. On the 17th of March, we've got an adult event, which is a fundraiser, and it's our big birthday bingo. It's going to be super fun. And then we've got a family event on the 18th. Then, as I said before, we've got our device show, which is going to be about some things I think that might be said in this session. Me and my assistant director, Ruben, here have been having a chat about some of the things that we think might go in, and hopefully the young people are going to take this on as well. On the fifth Monday, the 15th of May, we've got another one of these, um, which is going to be another one specifically focused on buildings and beginnings. We'll have a few familiar faces, but also some different ones. Um, on the 24th of June, we've got our Rainbow Rave, which is for families. It's also for the LGBTQ plus community. We might be joining some, some people from Standout Group as well. Um, uh, as, so, yeah, it's going to be super fun. Then we've got our summer party on the 8th. We've got a Heritage Carnival Week, hopefully doing some welfare state inspired stuff. Um, in August, that's for young people. Then our Heritage Open Day is on the 7th of September. So any of you can come in and have a look through our archive, have a delve. We'll also be running tours. 
Then the 30th of September is the big BYT ball, which is going to be our massive fundraising event. Um, black tie, meal, it's going to be really big. Um, if you know anybody with a lot of money, please tell us, because we want to keep new theatre to be going for another 50 years, and we want them at the ball. Then we're going to be bearing a time capsule, hopefully run with the my archivist group, but also with some things from schools and things along the way. And then on the 6th of November, we're going to do another one of these, which is going to be much more open to everybody, I suppose, about what does the next... 50 years of Burnley Youth Theatre look like. And there's also going to be a load of community events which will be launching in the next couple of weeks. So that is enough from me, and I've done it in my five minutes. So now... Can I just... Um, I'm just thinking before we uh, head on, you mentioned Welfare State. Anthony, I'm going to pick on you. Could you tell me, or tell us, why Welfare State, uh, uh, what Welfare State is, because it's still going, and what's the connection with the Burnley Youth Theatre and why, in our 50th year, are we doing anything connected with this performance group? Well, thanks for putting me on the spot with that one. A pleasure. Um, well, uh, anybody who's done drama at university has probably come across Welfare State International, has probably read one of their books, uh, the most famous of which is called Engineers of the Imagination. Uh, they specialise uh, in a certain type of... Uh, communal spectacle, shall we say, uh, described themselves as civic magicians. And interestingly enough, they were based on the youth theatre site in Burnley before the youth theatre took possession of the site. They were brought to Burnley by Mid Pennine Arts. Uh, when they left the site, they bequeathed the buildings, the two wooden huts, to the youth theatre for a nominal sum of 500 pounds. That 500 pounds, to my knowledge, was never actually paid. I mean, they couldn't really take the buildings with them. They couldn't sell them. Um, but Welfare State then moved up to uh, Alverston in uh, Cumbria um, uh, and then continued their life afterwards. So Welfare State, big nationally and internationally renowned uh, group of performers uh, that doesn't really do them justice uh, but that's who Welfare State is Thank you very much, that was excellent Anthony and thank you for allowing me to put you on the spot Okay, look, so there is actually a question that I've not asked but we can go into questions to the audience uh, what do you want to do uh, Matt do you, do you have any questions there? Um, it depends if people need to go, I don't mind pushing it if we, people can do 10 minutes more, we can keep going for another 10 minutes if people can. Do you, do you want to do that final question, Pip, but okay, maybe no. just in one sentence, maybe? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the final question to our wonderful panel is, what makes BYT so special? It's as simple as that. What makes Burnley Theatre so special? And let's... Let's start off with Rachel. Um, I, I mean, I think just its uniqueness and um, we have a bit of a sort of a phrase in the office that like all roads lead back to Burnley, like it doesn't kind of matter where you go. <laughs> there is a connection somewhere or something that links back to Burnley or Burnley Youth Theatre. And I think, yeah, in a sentence, its uniqueness is what makes it so special. Thank you. Uh, Lisa. Um, gosh, there's lots of things, isn't there? But I think for me, I was just really lucky to get to work with Jackie, actually. Um, and the, just the timing and the people, you know, I'm still in touch with loads of young people from, from that time. But I think the, the specialness about it, the magic was that You've, it was a place that you felt you could do anything. And um, even though, you know, we were funded by, by people and, you know, you had reports to write and you had to answer to people, it, it always had that special uniqueness of, you know, you, you felt free actually to just, to, to do magical things. Um, yeah, and I haven't felt that anywhere else I've worked actually. Thank you, Lisa. Jackie or Jacks, I had to call you Jacks at some point tonight. <laughs> Not spelt with an X, no way. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for saying that. I was going to say something very, very similar, and that was that anything is possible at BYT. 
um, right from the start. If you had a crazy idea, everybody said, yes, let's do it. Uh, and so very briefly slipping the 25th anniversary when we wrapped the old building in silver foil. Now, you know, it was just a crazy idea, but Sal got a whole heap of free uh, kitchen foil from Baker That's Sally Smith, isn't it, who we mentioned earlier on, yes. Yeah, and uh, we spent a day wrapping the building in silver and then had a silver party. So yeah, anything's possible. And it's that mindset uh, and imagination that's encouraged that I just think um, is very, very special. Thank you, Nick. People are using the same phrase that I had, which is anything is possible. I remember going to the youth theatre and being allowed to do whatever I wanted. And it was a case of by the time I'd finished and the young people that we were working with, their CVs were absolutely massive. So when they applied for uh, university courses, more they walked in. You know, Burnley Youth Theatre became one of those stamps of we know that you've had training, we know that you've got experience. We were doing something like 12 shows a, a year each, um, working 50 weeks out of the year. We only took Christmas off and then the Christmas show came along and nobody got that off either. And it was like a little mini um, rep company. Of course, me and Anthony have been working with some of these uh, young people during Saturday um, Saturday morning workshops before they could actually come to the youth theatre. So by the time they were 16, they'd got 10 years experience. And there the Saturday morning workshops, they were at the mechanics, weren't That's they? That's right, yeah. Connected with Alan Dages, so yeah. Yeah. So, so these kids were, were, were leaving with so much experience, um, which stood them in, in such good stead for, for what some of them went on to do. And that was the special thing about the youth theatre, that it felt like a little rep company um, and that anything and everything was possible. So yeah, that for me, anything was possible and we did everything. Thank you. Anthony? Yeah, there are so many things that make it so different. And I think it starts with where it came from. And I think, you know, the youth theatre came out of um, interested teachers and I think it's kind of kept some of that in that it's always had educational and developmental aspirations you know it's not a theatre school it's not just about talent it's about developing the individual in a rounded sense and those values have stayed with it they've been nurtured and they've been caressed and they've been set out in policies over the years but I think all of that sits alongside that ethos was there from the very beginning, which was about access and inclusion from anybody, whatever your background. And I know we kind of talk about it now in terms that, um, you know, we kind of set out in funding applications, but even before all of that came around, there was still a sense that that was there and those values have stayed with it. And those values sit alongside its independence and everything that everybody else has said the ability to do radical things when you want to do radical things. Because, you know, we're not adjoined to a big professional theatre house where you are constrained uh, by uh, whatever rules and regulations sit around that. There's been that opportunity to develop the pathways forward and evolve, but still be rooted in the place in which we are. Thank you. Uh, right, do we have any questions from the audience, uh, Matt? Um, we've, uh, we've, got, we've got a couple of things. We just got a lovely comment from Beverly, who says, not a question, but a thank you to Pip, Jackie and Lisa for the encouragement and belief. Without them, I would not have considered doing performing arts at college. Um, between uh, Lisa, between I went bit BTW, she's read Lisa. I still have a copy of Polarized, but I just think that's just just shows you what. And, and, and I think uh, I think we'll just do a quick roundup now because it has been an hour and a half. Yeah. And I know everyone needs to go, but it's making me think that we maybe need to do another uh, event like this with all of you amazing people where you can actually ask questions. And and we'll have a think about that. Me and me and uh, the team here. Um, but I just want to say, I think also uh, something that needs to be said that it's um, all of the panelists has ha have had clearly had an impact on the young people's lives here, and it just shows. Like me and Hannah 
who's our marketing lady, we're expecting sort of one or two people to turn up. And we've had sort of a maximum of 46 just for this event. And this event's going to be shared, so it's going to go further. So I just want to say thank you so much for everybody for giving us your time. And that if you want to come back and volunteer with us, you can. The door is open, isn't it, Rachel? We are desperate for people to come and help the youth theatre with fundraising, or if you want to get involved with creative projects, the door is always open. Um, and I really, really want to stress that. Even if you can't come to any events, we we, we would just love you to just reconnect and, and contact us. And um, I will leave my email for everybody. But also, I'm just going to do a final plug please, please, please sign up to the mailing list. If you're not on the mailing list, we're going to really struggle to contact you or if you're not on the memories page. So I know I've banged on about this, but if you if you do have a QR code, you can you can scan that in now or I'm going to write my, my um, email uh, just in the chat box and it will make sure that it'll get to everybody. Okay, that is that is time. So Pip, do you, do you reckon you could do us a final roundup maybe? <laughs> well, uh, essentially, I, I'd just like to say thank you. Um, as we've said, the Youth Theatre, you make friends uh, and these very dear people who have had the pleasure of working with and becoming friends with have just... Uh, it's been wonderful. And it's also been lovely to see the various people who've joined us uh, remotely. It's been absolutely heartwarming. So, as I said, please do join us all for these celebrations. Or even if you can't join us for a celebration, put a review on the Burnley Youth Theatre Facebook page or the Burnley Youth Theatre Memories page, where if you go to the Burnley Youth Theatre's Facebook Memories page, there are lots and lots of albums on there, which are still being updated by Matthew uh, and by Fiona who's our heritage curator. So it's, you know, this is the beginning of something big. It's so wonderful to I say have everybody join us here tonight. And I suppose, thank you all. Thank you to Rachel, Lisa, Jackie, Nick, and Anthony for giving up your time this evening. And thank you all for joining us from your homes. Fabulous, okay, I think that's it. There isn't anymore. So thank you. And please be in contact. I know you've all got memories to share. Okay. See you later, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye.